Trail Correspondence is brought to you by Gossamer Gear, manufacturers of lightweight backpacking gear and accessories. Their packs carry comfortably, their roomy shelters protect in harsh weather conditions, and the trekking poles are some of the lightest on the planet. Gossamer Gear is changing the perception of delicate ultralight gear. You'll be hard-pressed to go too far down any long trail without running into a Gossamer Gear backpack, whether it be the 60-liter Mariposa, 40-liter Gorilla, or 36-liter Kuma. Regardless of whether you're new to backpacking or already have thousands of miles under your belt, there's a Gossamer Gear pack for you. As for shelters, Gossamer Gear's The One tent is both lightweight, weighing in at less than 21 ounces, and roomy, with a 19.5 square foot interior and large vestibule. It's an ideal shelter solution for long-distance backpackers. For those hiking as a pair, the Two offers a 29 square foot interior at less than 29 ounces. You can also find a slew of useful backpacking accessories, including the Lightflex hiking umbrella, which is effective for both sun and rain, nylon stuff sacks, waterproof pack liners, fanny packs, and much more. And good news, listeners of Trail Correspondents can score an awesome deal on Gossamer Gear products. Use code TC15 for 15% off your cart at gossamergear.com. That code again is T as in trail, C as in cat hole, and the number 15. Don't wait, this code is only good for a limited time. Get it. Trail Correspondence is also brought to you by Appalachian Trials and Pacific Crest Trials. If you're planning for an Appalachian Trail or Pacific Crest Trail through hike, or know someone who is, these books are a must-have resource. While other tools prepare hikers for the logistical part of a through hike, they fail to ready hikers for the most difficult aspect of a half-year backpacking trip, the psychological and emotional struggle. Appalachian Trials and Pacific Crest Trials are both written specifically to ready a hiker's mind for this life-changing journey. I've received countless messages, emails, and personal thanks from former thru-hikers who have cited one of these two books as a key to their success. Whether you're planning for a thru-hike, are on the fence of whether you want to commit to one, or are supporting a loved one on the trail, these books have proven to be an invaluable resource time and time again. Check out the show notes for direct links to both of these books. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely have a lot of control of your life. People have more of a control of your life than they truly believe they do. To quote Carl Jung, I am not what has happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Trail Correspondence, presented by The Trek. I am your host, Zach Badger Davis. An extended period in the great outdoors is medicine for the soul. Breaking free from our routines in a natural setting is a recipe for happiness, clarity, and a fresh perspective. Having done it myself multiple times, I believe this with an unwavering conviction. That is the subject of today's show. Our hikers will share all of the revelations or aha moments they've experienced on trail. They talk about what changes, little or big, they'd like to incorporate into their post-trail worlds and how their hikes have helped facilitate this decision. And sadly, today's show features a pair of sign-offs. 
this will serve as a reminder of how much good luck is required to complete a thru-hike. In today's show, we hear from Frozen, Catherine, Missy, Kenneth, Nancy, Zach, Hasmin, Karthika, Laura, Julie, Eric and Allison, our brother-sister duo, Angie, Dosu, and Sarah D. Here it is. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, it's Frozen coming at you from Rattle River Hostel, mile 1893. We just exited the White Mountains and we're getting ready to push our way through southern Maine on the border in about 17 miles, I believe. So tonight I wanted to share with you some revelations and some life changes that I plan on making when I get home. Now, these changes have happened throughout the course of my through hike, and I am a prime example of a success story, I can honestly say that. I went into this pretty much needing mental therapy and the trail has definitely provided. Now, I know a lot of people are gonna say, you know, they lost their faith in humanity. I'm no different, we're gonna skip that because I think everybody in this podcast is honestly gonna say the same thing about it. I do trust people a heck of a lot more than I did before, but let's back up a couple months. I was walking along the trail And as weird as it sounds, I found a pair of rainbow sunglasses that, you know, in my normal everyday life, I would never, ever wear. For whatever reason, I picked them up because I just needed sunglasses that day. And I didn't care what people thought. I think up to that point, I had always tried to be, you know, especially for going into town to resupply, I I tended to always keep my hat on, my, my, you know, my buff, my cap. I tended to make sure all my clothes were clean, I didn't smell, you know, scrubbed everywhere. And that really doesn't bother me anymore. If someone has a problem with the way I look or, you know, act, it's not my problem, it's their problem. And I really feel like I needed that in my life because I started to care too much of what people thought of me. And I never used to do that all throughout high school and college. If you didn't like me, whatever, you didn't like me. I didn't care. Now, you know, all of a sudden before the trail, I cared what people thought. And that really weighs someone down. You should not care what people think. You should not try to change yourself, you know, based on what you think people want in their lives. Be yourself. That's one of the biggest things I've learned out here. Uh, We obviously have a bigger faith in humanity now. That was a big issue coming into my hike. I didn't trust a lot of people. And now I have seven of the greatest friends of my entire life that are all experiencing this journey with me as a tramley. And it has been fantastic. Another thing I realized is that I am a controlling person. I had never understood that about myself and I never realized that about myself until a few weeks ago where I just... I needed to let go of a situation because I couldn't control it. It was bad weather. I didn't have enough food for a resupply. And, you know, we figured it out. Some people gave me some food. You know, I screwed up. You can't control everything. And I think that is a huge thing to not rush life. Take it. Take life as it comes. That has probably been the biggest revelation of all, that I was a controlling person and that... I don't want to be a controlling person. I, I, I really, really don't. The trail has taught me a lot more patience with myself uh, and just to kind of go with the flow. We'll figure it out. I'll figure everything out. Don't worry about getting a job when I get home. Everything will work itself out. Uh, one final revelation that I've had was that 
I didn't really like myself whenever I first started the trail. And that was probably the hardest thing to admit. I wasn't proud of myself. I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. And when I finally admitted that I didn't like myself, that was a huge step in turning it around. So, you know, it started with the controlling thing. Okay, I realize it. Let's change that. Let's be more patient. You know, I am not uh, as friendly with people as I should be. So let's change that. And that just spawned a whole bunch of things that are way out of this assignment, this podcast that, you know, obviously would get a little boring if I just named every single thing. But knowing that there are certain aspects that I didn't like that can easily be changed to make myself a better person, I think it's going to be great. And when I get home, actually, I've already started the change. I've already done it. And you can probably tell just in the way I talk, people have said, oh, you talk differently now in your videos. I'm obviously vlogging. Uh, They say, you know, when you first started your trip, your your videos were kind of robotic in a sense where everything was well-defined. Now it's kind of just laid back and relaxed. And that's exactly the way I want to be because that makes me a super happy person right now. So when I get home, we're going to focus on how I feel and felt on the trail. And I'm going to make sure that I don't ever go back to my old self. So I'm frozen with another success story from the trail. And I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening, guys. Hello, everybody. It's Catherine Ruzitas, a.k.a. Manhattan, and I have just crossed the boundary for Baxter State Park, which is crazy. Planning to summit Katahdin tomorrow. It looks like we have a good weather window, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. Today we're talking about revelations on our through hikes. When I set out to hike, I had a few goals that I wanted to have in mind or that I kind of wanted my hike to address. One was just getting to spend some more time in nature, especially being from New York City where it's a little bit harder to come by sometimes. One was just taking on a huge challenge and seeing how I could, I could do it and if I could and, you know, really when it came down to it, would I have enough to keep going? Um, I also wanted a bit of a lifestyle reset just because I'd noticed some lifestyle inflation going on and, you know, quite a, quite a few other reasons, but I would say those are probably some of the more common ones. And I would say definitely no revelations over the course of the through hike but it's definitely um, it's definitely emphasized some things for me, some lessons that I had learned, but maybe forgotten or didn't really have at the front of my mind, and that I've been pretty thankful about. Also, the mosquitoes are crazy right now. I just killed two on my face in the past 10 seconds, so don't mind me if you hear some slapping. One of, one of the things that this hike has really emphasized for me is just how little we need to be happy and content. If you really think about it, and if I think about what I've been doing for the past almost five months, is needing enough food and water, some kind of shelter, dry dry clothes, the ability to be comfortable, some kind of human connection with the hikers around me. Honestly, that's about it. 
So a lot of the things that seemed important or I really spent time stressing about just don't even matter. So it was, I guess, reassuring to see that a lot of that melted away, like a lot of the things that I thought were important. I realized out here, you know, I'm carrying my apartment, my wardrobe, my kitchen, my fridge, all of that fits on my back and weighs 35 pounds or less usually. So it was a good reminder that I don't need that much and I hope that I can carry that with me a bit. Another takeaway I have for sure is trying to be a good steward of the world that we're in, trying to take care of it as I can. I mean, I've spent five months walking through nature and having to pack out all my trash, which has definitely reminded me that I I guess I never really paid attention to just how much garbage I create. And that's even with trying to be conscientious about it. Like for most of the trail, I had a reusable shopping bag I would bring instead of getting plastic shopping bags. But things like water bottles to swap out with your Sawyer so you can actually drink clean water. I, I must have gone through more water bottles than I've gone through in any other period of my life that I can remember. And there aren't a lot of places where you can recycle on the trail, especially when you're down south. Um, Definitely going to try to be more conscientious about all of the kind of waste and packaging. Just because when you're, again, having to carry out five days worth of trash from all your food, almost all of which comes prepackaged, it reminds you that, first of all, a lot of it's unnecessary, which is a bit annoying. Um, and second of all, that if there's a way for me to reduce it, I would definitely like to, to take some steps to do that. I would say those are the two big lessons I learned. I guess the third takeaway I had is I really can do a lot more than I thought I could. Um, a lot of this trail, other than the section I'm walking on right now, which is totally flat, beautiful break because the rest of Maine is pretty much awful. Um, Pretty much every time I thought I was done or that I couldn't keep going, I would somehow get up enough strength to keep hiking and finish off my day. So that happened over and over again. Like when in the whites, I thought, okay, this is it. I'm finally done. When in Maine, I thought, okay, this is it. Can't do it. I was able to dig down and just find reserves that I didn't know I had. So it's good to know that I can rise to that kind of challenge. And I definitely, I did not think the trail would be this hard physically. I certainly didn't think it would be this hard mentally, though I'd been warned by a lot of people that it is. So it was reassuring to know that I'm always up for a challenge. I would say those are my big takeaways for now. If anything comes up, I'll definitely talk about them in the next wild card. Um, Right now I'm one of the lucky few who got a spot to camp the Birches, which is limited to 12 people a day. It's very, Baxter State Park is very complicated. You think you get here and everything is smooth sailing, but it's not. Definitely do some research, northbound hikers. So I'm going to head to my spot at that shelter. Probably talk to you all a little more later tonight. And that's all from Manhattan, signing off. Hello, hello! 
This is Hot Buns and... No worries. (laughs) Coming at you from Harper's Ferry, West Virginia, the halfway point of the AT. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) Yee-hee. So right now, we would like to talk to you about epiphanies. You know, those aha or I get it moments. Um, Being on trail for a lot of people means that they, you know, might have had an issue in their life that they were dealing with and needed some time in nature to kind of find the answers that they were seeking. This wasn't really the case for us. No worries sought out the trail for peace, relaxation, and adventure of the trail, and I kind of followed his lead. (laughs) Yeah, without a doubt, the, the trail for us was the love of the mountains to the extreme power. We wanted, we knew we loved the mountains. They were an inner peace to us, and we wanted to be in them as long as we could. Yeah. I did kind of come on trail with the hopes to oh, maybe figure out the big things in life, you know, like what my purpose is, how to give up control, how to relax, those kind of things. Um, I'm always kind of wound tight, and I always have been, so I really don't know anything different. Uh, so with this hike, I really didn't uh, find a, my purpose, but I did kind of learn how to give up control um, and how to relax. And that's really huge coming from a perfectionist. It's really hard for us to give up control and not try to do the, you know, enter task here ourselves, whatever it be. Um, I did have a couple aha moments, though. Um, I realized that you don't need anything in life except what is on your back. Uh, I kind of felt like a turtle. You know, you can get by with hardly anything and be comfortable. Um... And actually, we were already living the smaller life. We had downsized and and lived in a tiny home. Um, It was a conversion fan that we built ourselves. Um, So we already kind of knew that you need less. Uh, But being on trail for five months, we we, or I at least realized that we literally only need each other. Um, And it is a a really wonderful feeling. Um, No worries. What did, what aha moments or revelations did you discover while being on trail? Um, quite a few, I would say, and, and possibly different. You know, I wasn't really looking to find myself or, or anything crazy like that. I just knew that the wilderness spoke to me, and I wanted to be out there and really just wanted to have an adventure. Life is short, and I'm the type that wants to attempt to live every day to the fullest. Uh, but some of the things out there um, is, you know, when you whether on the trail or in normal everyday life when you surround yourself with positive people like-minded people like what automatically happens on the at um you know it's a lot less drama a lot smoother funner life and um i mean that was just amazing it was definitely i want to surround myself with positive outgoing people and aha of what amazing things you can achieve when you just set your mind to it. Exactly. And the trail definitely played a part in my letting go and being engulfed in nature. The simpler life, you know, with no cars honking, no phones beeping, the lack of bright lights and noise, that all assisted in seeing an intentional and and more purposeful life. Um, And so that kind of brings me to the changes that we want to make to our life after the trail. Uh, We do want to continue to live more intentionally. We want to be like less scheduled, more spontaneous. Um, We want to just live a more simple life and stay more active. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely have a lot of control of your life. People have more of a control of their life than they truly believe they do. You have the chance to slow down, do more things that put a smile on your face. Um, As Hot Bun said, live intentionally, live every day, to the fullest and try to live in the moment living in the moment is hard 
after being on trail for a while, you're kind of, I will say, forced to do it. I, you know, most people absolutely love it. You're truly living and feeling that moment. And I want to take that into post-trail life. I want to be able to see what's in front of me, enjoy what's in front of me, and live that moment. Don't just automatically think to the next day, the next week, the next work day, the next trip. Just attempt to truly live in the moment you're in, slow down, and enjoy life. Exactly. Well said. Well, that's pretty much it for us, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed, you know, the epiphanies or the aha moments that we that we gained um, and the revelations that, you know, opened up for us. Um, but, you know, you can do this, too. So, as always, make sure you get out there and live the adventure. Without doubt. Go have your adventure, have your aha moment, and... Take in every moment and every second of it that you can, and you'll truly find out the feeling of living in the moment, and you'll be addicted to it. Yes, you will. All right, guys. Hello, hello. This is Hot Buns and... No worries. Coming at you from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. What? Wait, where are we? We will get back to the why soon, but yes, we are off trail and back home. This is definitely one of the toughest decisions I've ever made. Um, at the same time, uh, definitely an easy choice to make it. The Appalachian Trail has become, without better words, a part of us. It has changed us forever. It feels like it's kind of in my soul now. Yeah. Um, this adventure has been so amazing, rewarding, and life-changing. Um, it's really hard to describe this adventure. Um, and of course, simply hard as hell. Yeah. Uh, the amazing people we met along the way, we will remember forever. Uh, fellow through hikers, trail angels, awesome local townspeople in the trail towns. Um, the trail is amazing in ways that you can never really put into words. Um, if this is something that you really want to do, um, make it a priority and do it. Get on the trail, 2020, 21, whenever it is. It's amazing. So, you know, you might ask, then why are you off the trail? Well, we unfortunately had to get off trail uh, due to a phone call saying that our dog, Hallis, needed emergency surgery for a rapid developing growth on his front leg. Um, he came through surgery okay, but the results of the growth came back as cancer. And if you remember any of my earlier episodes, you know how important our 11-year-old Black Lab Mix dog is to us. It tore me up inside to have to leave him for six months in the first place because I felt like I was abandoning him. And then my worst fear was that something would happen to him while we were on trail and we wouldn't be there for him. And that is exactly what happened. And I, we just couldn't stay on trail to finish. Yeah, it was easily when people asked us pre-trail what was going to be the hardest thing um, there's a lot of different answers, mentally, physically. Our answer truly, and we believed it, would be leaving Hallis. Yeah, and I could never forgive myself if he passed while I selfishly continued on the trail for the next two months. So we're currently visiting family, and we will be heading out in our camper van soon with Hallis to show him the best life ever with the time that he does have remaining. And hopefully, you know, he will enjoy van life adventures as much as we do. Yeah, so if, if you may have seen in some of our other uh, episodes or if you follow us anywhere, um, we are also van lifers, so we will grab Hallis, hop in the van, and have some adventures. Yeah, 
And a revelation or a lesson that the trail did teach me was that you cannot plan for the perfect hike. Of all the obstacles that were thrown at us, this was by far the one that we struggled with the most. You know, injury didn't take us off trail, but compassion did. And we made the best decision for all of us. And someday when uh, the three of us is just the two of us, no worries, and I will finish the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, the trail isn't going anywhere. And I really can't even put into words how much that we loved it. Um, But, you know, this was an easy decision for a very hard choice. So Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that is it for us, guys. Um, This is our last and final recording, and I'm really sad about that. But, as always, make sure you get out there and live the adventure. Truly, live your adventure. This uh, was our adventure. We have many adventures. And it doesn't matter if you finish the adventure or not. Only failure is not trying. Get out there. Live your adventure, whatever it is. Like I've said before, live in the moment. Take it in. Truly live in that second and that moment because you don't know when the adventure will end. Just get out there. Live the adventure. Put a smile on your face, ear to ear, and have some fun. All right, that's it for us. And uh, enjoy your days. Yes, we will. Bye-bye. Good morning. It is Sunday July 28th, 7.12 a.m. Coming to you from Monson, Maine. This is Moron, a.k.a. Kenneth Pereira. Uh, here to talk about revelations on the trail. Um, when I first saw this prompt, the first thing that came to mind was something from our dearly summited, departed uh, compatriot Stretchman. Props for summiting first. Um, I'll have a sip of coffee real quick. I am sitting on a lake uh, at an Airbnb right outside of the 100 mile, so it's pretty nice here. About to have a complete change of scenery here once we finally get back on trail, but yeah, revelations. Um, Stretchman was <laughs> quite um, perceptive to uh, respond to this prompt by saying that, you know, between hiking long days every single day and doing all the chores that you have to do, uh, it's hard to really find time to have sort of aha moments or any kind of like lasting realization or clarifying experience. <clears throat> but that being said, um, I do think that, you know, uh, actually I just re-listened to the AWOL on the Trail book um, written by David Miller, I think's his name, the guy who actually made the AWOL guide. And... Um, his sort of revelations and explanations of them were pretty spot on, I think, to what someone can hope to, I guess, uh, achieve out here. I mean, to each their own. Everyone hikes their own hike. Everyone's going to have their own experience. But uh, I really resonated with what he said, which was basically that this experience gives you a break from yourself. And so, like, even though you may not necessarily get some sort of, excuse me, clarifying moment of insight about yourself you do get a break from the self that you were prior to the hike which uh, kind of opens you up you, you have to say yes a lot out here i think to make it to survive to thrive and do well day in and day out there's you know physical struggles uh 
logistic struggles, a bunch of struggles. And uh, if you try to hold tight to things that you have had for your routines and habits in the past, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be beneficial to you out here. It's sort of like an accelerated evolution of yourself because you just have to kind of give in to all these different situations in order to move, keep moving. And so even though it's not necessarily like a, something that you can easily point to and say, this is the moment that I thought that, and that's made all the difference, kind of Robert Frost style. Um, I think just that break, uh, the loons on the lake, I think the break from yourself um, and the opportunity to maybe surprise yourself um, is probably the most uh, lasting and beneficial thing that I've experienced and hope to take back. Um, I did a study abroad in Japan a few years ago, and when I came back, I certainly had a very like reinvigorated sense of self and direction, and like sort of like an uncompromising understanding of, I guess, who I was and what I wanted, just because I'd had so much time to do what I wanted and uh, not really consult with anyone. And you put yourself in a foreign environment, and this new type of person kind of emerges. It's the person who needs to show up in order to get the job done. So for me, I guess, um, you know, I only studied abroad for a semester, or no, yeah, a semester. Uh, so being out here for four months really, like, uh, really is much more of a deep dive into, I guess, exploring that sense of, like, who you are and what you want to do, um, which I guess is kind of what, like, the cliché answer would be to this question anyway. Um, but, you know, you really can acquire a good sense of it um, day in and day out. And as we're about to enter the 100-mile wilderness and probably summit in like five or six days, uh, the idea of going back to the real world very, very soon uh, is certainly as hard to believe as it is like exciting and sad and all of those things. Um, so yeah, emotions going to be running high probably for the next week or so, and perhaps even more uh, revelatory experiences to come. I'm not sure. That's sort of the thing about those. You can't really plan them <laughs> for them to be genuine and real. But uh, yeah, I guess that's my two cents here early in the morning, drinking coffee, uh, chilling with this uh, this jewel that I've got, this vape, which is another acquired thing that I've got out here. That sort of surprised me. wasn't really anticipating getting into jeweling, but lo and behold, that's one of my revelations. Apparently, I like it. So, take it for what it's worth. I'm sure other people have better insights, maybe are able to uh, verbalize them <laughs> better than I can, or perhaps they weigh a bit more than mine do. But that's about as good as I can get or hope to expect out here. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to really soak up these next five days or so. And, yeah, I just can't believe this thing's almost over. That's sort of a revelation in and of itself. Just so much momentum at this point for the whole trip. And to think that it's actually going to come to an end, you know. <clears throat> I do fear that post-trail depression a little bit. I don't know what it's going to be like to not continue having this lifestyle. Not see these people every single day not have to continuously hike out from any small bit of respite that we get town to town 
you know, certain parts I won't miss, certain parts I will. But, yeah, for the moment, things are good. And this is a perfect place, perfect time to talk about this. So, again, I'd encourage anyone who is listening, who is on the edge of, you know, considering this kind of uh, adventure, I'd say, you know, just commit and show up. The rest will be taken care of for you. The trail provides y'all. So, (laughs) with that bit of pseudo-wisdom, go ahead and go and get ready to hit the trail again. Come back to you later, further down the way, perhaps closer, if not on, Katahdin. So for now, this is Kenneth in Monson, Maine. Really, really close. Knock on wood. All things remaining equal. The journey's almost over. And I will talk to you all later. Bye. Hi to the wonderful listeners of Trail Correspondence. This is Dash, and I am once again recording this assignment from my home outside of Atlanta. I have not been able to return to the trail due to a very stubborn and persistent injury. I am still working with doctors and physical and massage therapists and am determined to resume two of my favorite activities, hiking and riding my road bike. This will be my last assignment for the podcast since I will not be able to return to the trail this year. So even though I cannot be called a through hiker, I believe my three months and over a thousand miles on the AT have given me plenty of opportunities to think about the subject of this episode. Because this will be my farewell to the podcast, I am going to add some additional comments and reflect on my time on the trail and how it changed me. When I started the trail, I did not have any big questions, but I did want another way to handle my grief over the death of my husband. And I'm happy to report I did find life on the trail allowed me to immerse myself in the immediate experience. I was fully present while on the trail each and every day. Everything that is part of each day was important to me. Whether it was the weather, trail obstacles, flowers, water sources, blue blaze opportunities for views, eating, meeting hikers, all kept my mind centered so my grief was not dominating my life. I'm also happy to report my goal of saying yes more often did change my hike in a positive way. I will definitely include more yeses in my life. I also wanted to improve my listening skills, not just the sounds along the trail, but to listen to the expressions of joy and sadness, the frustrations of frozen shoes in the Smokies, or the sigh of relief when cooling off by a stream, the voices of friendship, and the stories of life before the trail and what might happen after the trail. I guess my revelation from my time on the trail is that this experience can provoke changes, the changes you may have been looking for and maybe changes that are a surprise. In the last episode, I mentioned my difficulty with constant self-reliance. I think now that wasn't the right term to use when describing my trail life. 
Instead, I think my past backpacking experiences have been heavily influenced by the significant social interaction with friends throughout each day. In fact, with the exception of running, I love sharing everything about being outside with other people. When I see or hear something that signifies how amazing the natural world is, I want to share the experience. I think I'm well equipped to be self-reliant, but I need to exchange impressions collected throughout the day with hikers I have developed a relationship with. Just knowing that at the end of the day, I will be with friends who are now easy to talk with is important to me. Making plans that will give us opportunities to continue to meet periodically is a mental and emotional reassurance I enjoy. It is a way for me to validate the miles I am walking, what I've seen and heard, the physical effort, and the joy. When I left the trail, I was firmly entrenched in the through hike mentality. I was determined to get back on the trail to complete it. As the weeks passed, my calendar made me face the loss of that identity and the adoption of the section hiker mindset. I am my own worst critic and finally had to give myself permission to make that change. My new AT goal is to finish the trail next summer with a restart in Harpers Ferry. To quote Carl Jung, I am not what has happened to me. I am what I choose to become. This is Dash signing off for the last time. Thank you for listening. And remember, please live your Dash. Yeah, uh, recording now. Hey, what's up, trail correspondents? This is Zach Munsell. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a baby. That was Alex. Paul, you got one in the bank. And uh, no, uh, we are sitting together at the Very Bakery and State. Oh, I'm definitely using this tank. Uh, we were sitting together at the bakery in Stahican. We're at mile, I don't know what mile we're at, but we're 81 miles from the Canadian border, which is crazy. And I have been with uh, Pole since day one. I've been with Alex or Kingslayer since day one. Hi. And I have been with O'Baby on and off, mostly off since meeting before. <laughs> it's a complicated It's, <laughs> it's a complicated story. Yeah, it's a complicated relationship. But we met around Mount Whitney and then we got back together. Um, <laughs> in Washington, had a little flame, and the rest, as they say, yeah. is history. Yeah, well, history. It's so yeah. Beautiful. It's a beautiful relationship. Yeah. Anyways, this uh, recording today is about revelations that we've had on the trail, and I'm going to say that that's a that's a tough subject because um, a revelation sounds like a really big life changing event. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about how our lives are going to be different after the trail and like what we've learned out here to kind of reframe it. And I think the best way to do that is to get into it by saying, like, what got you on the trail in the first place? And will you live your life any differently after? Uh, Oh, baby, you mind starting us off? Like, what what got you out here? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I think uh, the PCT was something I've been thinking about doing for quite a few years, but it was always in 
the way of like, oh, one day I'll do that, or you know, sometime in the future I'll I'll find a way to make that happen. Um, and I sort of had this moment uh, after working for six or seven years and being out of school, where I kind of realized I'd fallen into this routine of working and life was kind of just flying by really quickly. And so, uh, you know, one day I just decided to make it happen. And um, I think being on trails made me very aware of uh, my time and getting out and doing something and trying not to fall back into a routine. Yeah. Um, can can everyone kind of agree with that sentiment? I, I would say that was a big part of me getting on. Obviously, yeah. there are other external factors in our own personal lives, but, like, routine is something that, like, it's a common thread and theme that you meet a lot of people on the trail who were just doing the same thing for a number of years and wanted to experience some adventure. And, like, I, I to piggyback off that, like, I kind of felt the same way where there was a routine and I always found myself, like, sitting in the office, like, thinking about the PCT. Like, it would be in my head and I'd be like, okay, what about this section, this section, this section? And, like, I'd be obsessing it, like, over it at work. And I was like, if I don't do this now, like, without any real responsibilities, family, that sort of thing, like, I'm never going to be able to do it. Yeah, And I just, like, at that point, that. I was like, yeah, I got to take the chance. Yeah, I had, like, a savings account, which I named the home buyer's savings account. And eventually I decided... This is the PCT savings account. A plus. Yeah. yeah. So, um. I, so, like, breaking out of the routine, I feel, I feel like that's probably one of the big reasons. Okay. I think a lot of us... Yeah. Now, there is a certain routine on the trail. You get up at a certain time each morning. Sure. If you're Paul, you get up, like, 5 a.m. sharp. You're out of camp by 6, 6.15 at the latest. Uh, like... It, is it? Do you have a routine out here? Like, what? What's the big difference? Would you say between a routine back home and a routine on trail? I think you're more in charge of like what you do or don't do on a daily basis. So like, it's more like it's less of what you have to do and more of like what you want to do. Okay, you know what I mean. So like, the routine isn't necessarily a routine because you can break out of it whenever you want and change things up. Or, you know, hike an extra few miles or stay out late or, you know, drink five beers on trail. Like, that sort of thing. <laughs> like, so you can kind of, like, you're in, more in control of it. You okay. know what I mean? So control. Yeah. Do you feel like you have more control over your life out here, Paul? Um, no. No. <laughs> Do you have control over Alex's life? Yeah. <laughs> only, only what time he wakes up in the morning. Yeah. Okay, so... I, I think we had this uh, discussion with a friend of ours, Frankie, who came up with these different roles, and she said that in each kind of group you get different roles, and the role that I was... I was assigned by Frankie was the pusher. Okay. So I guess... Yeah. I agree with that. All right, getting back to the basis of the question, like, have you had any aha moments on the trail paul like have you figured out anything out here that could be an aha moment that everybody has their own like part in a group but yeah i mean yeah it could be um i would say my aha moments are just some things that i you don't necessarily have when you're in europe so one of the aha moments is being able to hike in environments in such scale where you can't see anything but wilderness for hundreds yeah. of miles and that's obviously a bit different from the life-changing thought but it's one of the revelations for me is that you can exists. be 50 100 miles away from anywhere 
like and, a true change of perspective. Yeah, and it, yeah. It, so your absorption, your your ability like to be absorbed in that environment is very, very different from anything that you could have in Europe. So I'd say that that was my aha moment: okay. the way that you could be absorbed in a hike. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Uh, and that's and piggyback off that too. Is like that sort of thing. Like definitely like shows you how small you are and like that's definitely an aha moment that i get on a regular basis where like i'll come around a corner and see this you know huge mountain range and i'm like wow i'm so small i mean like this is like so much in comparison to who i am absolutely you know what and, I mean? and actually to sort of slightly contradict the earlier point it I mean it just shows you you're not in charge in fact mother nature's in charge of the whole thing huh. yeah yeah there's been a lot of mother nature over the past six months we've dealt with some crazy inclement weather and that's yeah that is true when you don't have anything out here besides a tent in your shoes and the food that you carried out you have no control like over what the weather like is going to make of your trip anyways i will say my revelation as close to it as i can get came when we visited san francisco for a week and I started to ask someone for directions and they ignored me. And I tried to ask another person for directions and they were clearly from the area and they were like, I can't help you. And I realized that even though I had all my through hiking gear on, I looked pretty clean, they thought I was homeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I never got that treatment when I was in like a small town. Um, and it definitely... I'd already been thinking about it, but I I definitely made a realization that I'm not a city boy and I don't plan on living in a city much longer after the hike. I want to go move out to a small town where you can be a big fish in a small pond and like have a sense of community. And um, yeah, I think that's the biggest change I'm going to implement after the hike is I've lived in Boston for six months and I don't see myself living, not six months, six years. I don't see myself living there another six years, probably another year. Um, I, yeah, I just want to be closer to mother nature and the wilderness. And that's a tough thing with living in a city is you're kind of, at the end of the day, I, I feel kind of trapped in the city and it's expensive. Um, anyways, just one quick question for everyone before we conclude this podcast is like, how are you going to live differently after the hike? Oh, baby. I think I'm going to try my best to be uh, very conscious and aware of what I'm doing, um, and kind of reassessing what, you know, even I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to find a job. Um, but just being aware that what I'm doing at that job is something that I want to do and that if things are getting stale or not going the way I want to actually have the courage to make a change and try something else. I like that. Um, Alex? Um, I've kind of enjoyed how I've been living on the trail, you know, you know, kind of free and stuff like that. So maybe just try and continue doing the same thing that I've been doing on trail um, not necessarily changing anything in my life, but being consistent about, you know, uh, getting out there and seeing, you know, getting out into the wilderness, uh, continuing like, like with fitness and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, just kind of continuing the same thing that I've been doing on trail. So. And Paul? Paul? Um, I'm going to try and give a little bit more back in the same way as many of the people along the trail have given to us while we've been on trail. I agree with that sentiment completely as well. I definitely, 
I feel bad for anyone that goes back and doesn't have a long trail somewhere within their vicinity. Yeah. I'll probably give more hitchhikes to people now <laughs> because I've depended on that a lot. Yeah, I definitely plan to trail Angel. And uh, like I said, uh, eventually kind of have less, live live somewhere different. <laughs> um, anyways, this has been Zach and uh, Paul and Alex and... Uh, oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> All right, trail names. Yeah. <laughs> I don't use them still. Anyways, uh, I will catch you a little further on down the trail. See ya. See ya. There it is. friends it's flamethrower and it's day 156 of this through hike it is also september 1st and this is a day that really reminds me that i'm running out of time i'm running out of summer running out of good weather days and that i have to keep going north i am currently in central oregon about mile 1947 of PCT, so I'm more than halfway done, which is great. But I also have the entire state of Washington and a chunk of Oregon to finish. So here we are, and I wanted to talk to you about any revelations that have come to me or occurred to me since I started uh, the PCT back in late March, and coming into this hike I didn't really place any big hopes for major epiphanies or transformations I think that that uh, transformation or insight will come to me after um, I'm done with the trail but for now what I can see is that a I have way more courage than I have given myself credit for in the past case in point Mather Pass, Forester Pass, any of the major stream crossings in the Sierra. Any moment I've been fearful and I've had to keep going because that's the only option available to me. <laughs> so courage is definitely a muscle that I need to exercise more when I get home and you know, life in general. And B, the second insight is that I am happiest when I trust my own instinct and that I need to do more of that and continue to do that on trail and off trail. So what that means on trail is to continue hiking my own hike and to really um, appreciate that the internal compass that I have is pointing me in the, in the right direction. So. Two simple things, but sometimes it takes walking a very long distance to bring that into focus. So those are two things that I will carry with me into the future. And uh, so that's what I leave you with, friends. Signing off from mile 1947 of the PCT, it's Flamethrower. Until next time. Hey everyone, this is Kartike and Adendla. 
currently reporting from Trout Lake. Tonight we came to a church to take cover from the rain. Yeah, the day I reach Washington, it's been raining ever since for three days non-stop and it's gonna rain tomorrow as well. Anyway, so I am less than 450 miles to the border. I'm hoping to finish the whole thing in 18 to 19 days and I'm really excited. By the end of the September, I'll be home. So today's topic, let's talk about the revelations. So my first question here is, have you experienced any aha moments on the trail? Well, to be honest, no, nothing. Probably, to be more honest, the aha moment is like, aha, I need to finish this whole thing. I can finish this whole thing and it actually feels great. That was the only thing, but I did come out onto the trail to figure out some questions, to figure out the answers to some questions in my life. Like, what do I really want to do with my life? You know, like, do I want to get married or have kids or, you know, what career path I need to choose? Do I need to keep going on adventures without going back to school or should I even go back to school at all? Like, I have so many questions in mind, but I think I did figure out some answers for a few questions though and for example I've been really thinking about going back to the school after the trail and I might actually go back to University of British Columbia but this time I want to study biotechnology and that's because on the trail I've been listening to so many books and most of them are science actually I'm a nerd I love science there is nothing better to me in this world than science at all and science itself is a great adventure and exploration for me so I've been thinking about like PCT honestly gave me so much perception about my own self where even though I feel like shit even though I don't feel like hiking at all even though it's pouring outside even though my feet are sore I still wake up and do 30 miles doesn't matter how I feel so that kind of mindset only happened because I'm on a mission mission to get to Canada now I imagine myself to be how I can actually set myself to be on a mission for entire life so I can get up and go to work and then you know I won't say like pleasure all the time yes no matter how passionate you are about something something is monotonous and boring the same with whatever you do in your life but to find that commitment like okay I'm 100% into this I'm gonna do it no matter what that kind of mission mindset for my entire life I think science would be the best thing so I might really go back to school and then study biology microbiology biotechnology and then gene manipulation genetics genomes you know all those things so yeah I think that's that's gonna be a big change for me in my life and for sure the lifestyle changes yeah i'm gonna keep living the minimalist lifestyle i'm never gonna buy anything that i don't need because like past five months i've been living with everything that i have in my backpack i really don't need anything more than that and that's probably gonna be uh, the same thing that i'll be doing even after i graduate from school and hopefully i'll get a phd and i think this journey has paid a crucial role right now for me to figure out what I want because if I wasn't here I don't think I would first of all I would have so much time to read so many books like I've actually gone through at least 20 books on the trail so far and I still have five more to finish before I finish the hike I'm gonna do the whole thing and I already have clarity like even in science at the like I've actually been thinking about going back to school get a PhD for a while but I don't know on which subject is it astrophysics or is it neuroscience or is it biology or is it computer science what do i want to study there's so many options like so many you know opportunities that you can actually present yourself to and then grab in life so now i think i have a clarity biology is what i actually wanted when i was a kid 
I cried to go back to the med school after my high school, but my somehow it didn't work out. I don't want to blame my parents. It just didn't work out. I think now is the time for me to take my hands into my own life and actually apply all the lessons that I learned from the trail, which is simple, commitment. I don't really believe in passion anymore. Passion is great to start with, but it's not going to get to the finish line. Commitment is the only thing that's going to get to the finish line. No matter how you feel, you got to wake up and hike. No matter how you feel, you got to wake up and study. That's the only thing that I'm currently looking forward to do. And I think that would be the greatest revelation that I got on the trail. And that's what I'm going to implement for the rest of my life. So, thank you everyone. This is Karthike and Adendla signing off from Trout Lake. everybody it's Laura also known as Carjack here and I am recording in the town of Chester California I am about 2060 something miles into my PCT through hike it's early September I'm you know over four months into my hike and uh, today I'm going to be talking to you about revelations on the trail and uh you know i think i'm a little bit different than some on the trail i I think a lot of the friends that i've made and people i've met um, especially people who are younger people who are in their early to mid 20s really did come out to the pct to find out what they want to do with their lives Um, a very common story is people who've you know graduated from college and worked worked a job or two weren't happy, weren't sure about where they were living, and so have kind of packed up their lives, put everything in storage, and quit their jobs and come out here to figure out where they want to be and what they want to do. My story is a little bit different. I'm in my late 30s. I'm almost 40, actually, and I um, I definitely did not come out here because I didn't like my life. I came out here just because I wanted to try something different and have six months out in nature, and I have had that. It's been amazing. Um but I love my job. And I think if anything, the revelation that I've had being out here, talking to people and getting to know people is just how extremely lucky I am um, to be where I am in my life and to be so happy in my regular life. And that isn't something that's happened accidentally. I've, I've, you know, over the last few years, especially done a lot of work on myself and a lot of work on my relationships and where I am in my life, you know, about four years ago I decided to you know leave the city of Toronto where I was living in Canada and you know the very big city fast-paced life and moved out to the smaller city of Victoria on the west coast that is you know oceans and mountains and you know much more outdoors and laid-back lifestyle so I already made a bunch of those changes that I think a lot of people come out to the PCT to kind of jumpstart um but, you know, especially it's interesting when I t- we talk about our work and we don't talk a lot about things like work, but um, out here, but when we're getting to, when we're getting to know each other and it comes up, you know, what do you do back home? And when I start talking about what I do, I just I can feel myself just light up. I love what I do. I'm a physical therapist. Uh, I've worked in sports and private practice for years, but the last, you know, 
five or six years of my career have focused on working with elderly people in their homes. And, you know, when I talk about it, I just get excited and I, I love my patients. I've written them postcards from the trail. Um, I love my colleagues. I love my bosses. Uh, I love that I get to set my own schedule every day. You know, and I, when I talk to people and I get so excited about it, like I've had several people look at me and say, I have never met someone who actually likes their job as much as you do. Or, you know, I've, I've never, certainly never met anybody out on the PCT who actually likes their job and is looking forward to going back to it. So um, I just think that that is rare and I'm really, really lucky. And I, you know, I can't wait to go back to my work. Um, I'm enjoying being out here and I don't want to wish that time away, but I, I am eager to get back and see what my, you know, my clients are doing and my coworkers are doing. Um, I'm looking forward to my, seeing my home again and just, you know, reintegrating back into my community. I've got a very tight knit community in Victoria where I live and I'm just, I'm so looking forward to seeing everybody and being back part of my regular life. And it's actually kind of funny because I've had a, a couple of people say to me, um, you know, when I talk about my, my life back home and how excited I am to get back to it, they say like, I don't understand how you're sticking it out here <laughs> in the discomforts of the trail. Cause the only thing keeping them out here is that they don't really have anything to go back to that they're keen on, uh, on getting back to. So yeah, it does make it hard. Sometimes I can't fantasize too much about my regular life because it is, it is a beautiful life and I've worked hard to make it that way. And it also has been a lot of, um, good fortune and luck and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling more grateful than anything, um, as, as a result of this journey. So yeah, I'm also just (laughs) realizing how much I appreciate comfort. (laughs) Um, you know, I wish I could be one of those people, those hikers who, who thinks, oh, I, I can't even sleep well when I'm in a bed. I need to be out in nature. You know, that's not me. I really like sleeping in a bed. I really like having a shower every day. I really like having clean clothes. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it invalidates me as a through hiker. Um, you know, I think comforts are called comforts because they're comfortable and that that's okay. But I definitely will not be living a full-time dirtbag lifestyle after this trail. So anyway, that's um, all I have to say about my big revelations. And uh, I'm heading out today and heading south, getting closer and closer to the Sierra, which is really exciting. I've got about a month left on trail. So I will be checking in with you later on. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. It's Carjack signing out. guys um this is arc slash julie and um i'm gonna talk to you guys today about some big revelations i've had on the trail and it's really a great day for me to talk about this because today is actually my 40th birthday so even if i wasn't on trail it's just a great day to sort of you know reflect on some of the big things in life so um just the status about where i am um i'm currently in south lake tahoe my family came out here to celebrate my birthday with me so i i'm um double zeroing in south lake tahoe um me and my trail family have made it um southbound back to sonora pass so on tuesday um today's monday september 2nd um on tuesday september 3rd we will be leaving um sonora pass and heading back into the high sierra um we skipped it you know due to the snowpack and we were really excited um, to get to see it. And then um, we believe, based off of our spreadsheet and mileage plan, that we still have enough time to make it back to Lone Pine and flip back up to Washington and finish at the terminus. So I am so, um, I can't believe, honestly, that I am in 
range of actually getting this done, I, I just never thought it was something I was capable of. So the fact that we're in the position for that to maybe happen, um, it's just freaking unbelievable. So, um, let's talk about some things that I have sort of realized on the trail. Obviously you have a lot of time to think, you know, you're walking and, um, you know, you have a lot of time. So here are some things that I've kind of come to realize. The first thing that I've come to realize is that I honestly love my life. Um, there aren't a bunch of things that I'm thinking about going home and and making big changes. You know, I, I think some people come to the trail because they don't like their job or they're not happy with their home life and they want to, to have some time to explore. And I think that's amazing. Uh, That really wasn't my situation. That's, that's not what attracted me to the trail. Um, I, I don't know, you know, for me, it was more just about the sense of adventure. And, you know, the longer I'm out here, the more I realize that I, I like my life. I love my family. I love my husband. I love my friends. I love, you know, I like my house. I like my job. Um, and I'm really excited to go back to all of those things. And I, and there's not very many things. The only thing that I really feel like I want to go home and change is I want to get rid of a, a ton of stuff. Um, I want to just Marie Kondo the crap out of my house because I, uh, you know, w- living with such so few things for so long, um, going home to all the stuff that I have in my house seems overwhelming. So like that's definitely something, but otherwise there's not a bunch of things that I'm, you know, big changes, um, that I want to go back to. Um, something that I, I definitely has become clear to me that, that I didn't understand really is, is how hard this is. You know, people talk about how rewarding it is and it is and how fun it is and how you see some amazing things, but I did not understand coming into this, how, how hard it was going to be, how painful it would be, how exhausted you would be. Um, so it's definitely been revealing to me you know, I have so much more appreciation now for people that do through hikes and that have triple crowns um, because it's really hard on your body and it's very, very tough. It's very tough to mentally stick with it, especially through a lot of the pain. Um, but I will say that my body has amazed me. Um, I, you know, right now my body image is very different than it was when I started. My body image was always about how much I weighed and what I looked like. And right now I don't give a crap what I weigh. I don't give a crap what I look like. I, care about what my body can do. And it has been freaking amazing to see what I can do. I mean, I'll go to bed at night and feel like I'm totally destroyed. And the next morning get up and I'm able to walk, you know, 28 miles. And so it's just, um, you know, the fact that it's been the only way to really come to those conclusions about your body is to make it do really hard things. And this has definitely been really hard, but it's been so cool to see like, wow, you know, it's, it's not about, what I look like or what I weigh, it's about what my body can do. And I, I hope, you know, that's one of those things I hope sticks with me after the trail. Um, you know, I don't know if it will, you know, it's, it's when you get back into kind of normal society where you have those pressures of, you know, what you look like, I don't know if it'll stick. So hopefully it does though. Cause it's very empowering. Um, another revelation that I've had, and I mean, I kind of always believed this, but it's definitely been confirmed, um, that people are inherently good. Um, there's so many amazing people on this trail and there are so many people like there has never been a situation where I have needed help and asked for help and I have not immediately received it from either other hikers or, you know, people in town or trail angels, like people want to help each other. And, you know, I, I hope that's not, you know, it's definitely something that's part of the trail community, but I think it's something that we need to try to remember outside of the trail community that, you know, if, if we need help, we can ask for it. If someone else needs help, we need to do whatever we can to help them. And, and that, that goodness is just intrinsic to people. It's, you know, people are good. Um, it has been just so beautiful to see 
um, people out here support each other and get each other through really tough times. I mean, I've had some massive, massive meltdowns, um, some really low days. And there have been so many people who would do anything um, to help me get through that. So that's been super, it's kind of like reinforced your faith in humanity or reinvigorated my faith in humanity. You know, I don't think I ever lost my faith in humanity, but it's definitely um, reinforced that people are good. And, um, you know, we make mistakes, but um, inherently we're good people. So um, the last thing I I think that's been revelation to me is that, you know, um, a lot of people, I guess, kind of feel like or, or worry that, you know, we're not doing a good job in this country of protecting our wild spaces or having wild spaces and there aren't any, aren't any wild spaces. And I don't, I don't think you can hike the PCT and feel that way anymore. There's so, there's so many wild spaces. If you, if you're looking for solitude, if you're looking to be out in nature, you can find it. Um, other people from other countries multiple times have commented me in conversations about how our country, something that we should be proud of is that our country has done a good job of protecting, um, some of our most beautiful places, you know, we have wilderness areas, we have these national parks and a lot of, you know, other people from other countries, especially Europe have commented how, you know, that's something that we should be really thankful for that they don't have that. And that's why they come here to do these long hikes. Um, because you know, they they have some national parks and stuff like that, but not these huge expanses of national forest and things. So, um, it's been really cool and, you know, um, reassuring to know that, you know, we don't do everything right in this country. We have a lot of things we need to fix, but, um, you know, I do think that we have protected a lot of our most beautiful areas. And that's definitely something I feel like I need to get more involved with when I'm done. You know, I can't, I can't give back to the trail by doing trail maintenance. I don't live in the West. I live in the Midwest, but something I can do is I can get involved, um, you know, politically or, you know, with organizations to make sure that these wild places continue to be protected and that we um, continue to preserve them um, because I think they're really important for um, people to have access to them. So those are some of the revelations I've had on trail, you guys. I'm coming into the home stretch and um, I'm really excited to get this done. So thanks. Hey guys, this is Allison or Farmer's Market. And this is Eric or Tropicana. Um, and we are calling in from uh, mile 2000 going north on the Pacific Crest Trail, and we're currently in our hotel room in Sisters, Oregon. But we're only how many miles into our journey? Like about 1,400 only. Only. (laughs) (laughs) From skipping the Sierras for now. Yeah. But uh, today we're talking about like revelations on trail and revelation in thought. Mm -hmm. Um, So you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. Um, So I started the trail with... um, not really having the goal of uh, finding myself or answering any big questions, um, but the trail over the past several weeks has kind of just reaffirmed what I want to do after the trail. Oh, okay. Um, that's I I really want to get a job at at, at uh, environmental nonprofits. I want to try to help. Um, the environment, the land, animals, plants, um, whichever nonprofit I get a job at. Um, but I, I want to 
a job. I want to work. I don't mind that routine of working because uh, the trail kind of feels like a routine too. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just I I know that that's so what I want to do. So has being like in the wilderness strengthened that thought, or is it just kind of? I wouldn't say strengthened. I think just reaffirmed because okay. I always knew like. I, I want to work outside or at a organization uh, that works outside. And I really want to work somewhere where I believe in their mission. And okay. that's, that's what I, that's my goal for after the trail. But I kind of knew that anyway. But being on the trail has kind of reaffirmed that and reaffirmed that I like working and I would like a job. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, so for me, uh, well, specifically talking about like the last couple of weeks on trail here in Oregon, um, they've been particularly difficult, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Not so much the terrain, but just kind of like really the mosquitoes have been terrible. Like yeah. we have to walk around almost constantly with our head nets. We have leg nets, ton of bug spray, all that. And we can't like sit down, take lunch breaks. If we do, we have to set up our tent and hide in it. Yeah. And so, like, thoughts started creeping in my head, like, what else could I be doing right now? Um, and really, like, it's kind of strange because those exact thoughts popped in my head while I was sitting at a office working at a computer. I always thought, what else could I be doing right now? And yeah. so, like, I had this moment, like, whoa, <laughs> it's like the same, same thing. Um, but there can be, like, a real big struggle on the PCT, similar, like, the same exact way as, like, back in like the working world too um and it just dawned on me like you got to push through you got to just like stay positive and um kind of get your work done get your miles done yeah um and to take some steal some words from j cole the music artist uh there's beauty in the struggle and i really try to like focus on that as strange it is while i hike and it helps um but what i want to do is kind of apply that mentality of pushing through on the trail to my job, whatever it may be after the trail and just grind through those really rough moments. Don't think about like, what else could I be doing right now? Just focus on the goal or focus on like little checkpoints along the way. Um, so yeah, I wasn't doing that previously at my job <laughs> and it's just been weird. Cause like, <laughs> it's like the exact same feeling I had at work I was having on the trail. Um, and it's the closest I had thought about quitting the trail too, just through the mosquito fields. But yeah, obviously we didn't. We're still going. Yeah, uh, it's gotten a little bit better. Oh my gosh, thank <laughs> God. That's funny you say that about um, between trail life and work life, because I thought the same thing with routines. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, we have this. We we have a routine every day. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Every day. But that's what I had in non-trail life, too. Yeah. But I feel like in non-trail life, I could escape the routine on the weekends. Yeah. On the trail, no. you really can't escape a routine. No. You're kind of stuck in it. Yeah. And it's it's this weird, like, what, which life is better? Sun and comes up, you go to work, sun goes down, repeat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is every but, single day. Yeah, just got to be grateful for both. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's all I have. All right, yep, I think that's all I have, too. Got to get back on the trail. All right. All right, till next time, guys. See you later. Bye. Hey there, it's Siren, and I'm checking in from 
the Mount Adams wilderness. Um, I'm, oh gosh, I don't know, 20 miles away from Trout Lake, something like that. Um, staring up at Mount Adams, walking down the trail, the trees open up into this amazing meadow and this just spectacular view of the uh, west side of the mountain. And it's amazing. Um, we've got rolling clouds behind it and the sun is shining in and the birds are singing. And that's pretty awesome since we were supposed to get rain today. So, oh, but today I'm talking to you about revelations. And I said that word and it sounded funny. But anyway, um, uh, there have been so many things, so many big realizations, lessons. I don't really know that I can pick one out. And some of them I just want to keep to myself. But... um I did have a moment at the end of the desert where I realized that I wasn't going to become somebody else after this walk, um, that I would learn a lot and I would hopefully be able to take home many of the things that I've learned and found out here, but that I wasn't suddenly going to become somebody else. I wasn't going to walk myself into a different kind of body, right? My body would change being out here, but I wouldn't suddenly become, you know, somebody else somebody that I think I want to look like or whatever. But, uh, yeah. You know, when I fell, a lot of choices were taken away from me. And I guess the biggest realization that I had out here was um, that maybe, maybe the walk itself wasn't the reason that I was out here. Um which was really frustrating because that's what you want to do. You want to walk from Mexico to Canada, but that's not how it went for me. And so I had to embrace what was happening for me. And I think it was the people that I got to meet and the opportunities that I was given because of that. Um, I have been shown incredible kindness on this trail. And that's one of the things that I would like to take home with me. Um, I believe I've already talked about it actually on a previous podcast about um, my friend Future Problems Problems talked about um, feeling like he was in a karmic debt from from all the good that's happened out here. And I definitely want to try to find a way to pay it forward. You know, hitchhiking is illegal in Michigan. There's a lot of prisons there. (laughs) But, um, you know, little, little things you can do to help people. We should all be doing it. It just makes things... I don't know, it just makes things better, easier, more of a a greater sense of community when you do something like that. It makes it easier to look people in the eyes, um, start conversations. And that's that's what we need more of. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to, you know, keep my phone away from me more when I'm home and engage with the people around me a little bit more, learn when it's time to take time for myself which is something I was not good at before I came out here. Um, You know, walking with a group prior to getting hurt and then walking solo afterward has been extremely um, challenging. The first week um, was, you know, both hard physically and mentally. I had fallen extremely out of shape. I had gained weight um, because I couldn't move, really. I certainly couldn't exercise. Well, I was hurt, so uh, it kicked my ass. And um, the first couple of days, you know, it's kind of a green tunnel, very forested. And I found myself just getting 
lost and wishing I was still with my trail family. And it's taken almost a whole week to get over that and to find peace with being by by myself out here. Um, And I'd really like to be able to take that home with me as well. Having comfort with people and without people. There's loads of things, but I always talk way too much uh, <laughs> on these. So you, you find so many things out here and you don't even have to look for them, truly. So this is Siren signing out for now. Bye. Just kidding. This is Siren again. Checking in, I don't know, something like 12 miles further than yesterday. And... Uh, I would just like to let you know that within hours of making the it was supposed to rain comment, we had an epic thunderstorm. The lightning was explosive. Um, I was tented at Lava Spring, and which is beautiful, but there are mice. Uh, I learned that the hard way. And look, I have to cross a river. Not a real river, just anyway. Um... And it was incredible. I passed some Southbounders today that said the um, that they got golf uh, golf ball sized hail, uh, which I've been walking on for the rest of today. What's left of it, anyway? So shows me <laughs> we did in fact get rain. And until next time, siren out. What's up, trackers? This episode's about revelations I've had on trail this year on the CDT, but that's because this is uh, the first thru-hike for nearly all of the hikers featured in this podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to change it up a little bit and customize it to myself. Currently, I have less than 300 miles to Canada. 300 miles till I'm a triple crowner who has maintained a continuous footpath on all their trails. Well, somewhat. On the Appalachian Trail in 2015, I hiked it pure, not continuous footpath. My continuous footpath was only broken by the canoe ride across the Kennebec River, which the canoe has a white blaze on it, and it's considered part of the Appalachian Trail. So I consider that pure, not continuous footpath. The PCT and the CDT so far, I don't consider to be a pure through hike, as I had to choose to detour from the official trail at times due to fire closures, fear, or choosing a more beautiful alternate. But I did hike those continuous footpath uh, every step of the way from Mexico to Canada. (sighs) So right there, that's a bit of my compulsiveness bleeding out into my podcast. This is something that I've realized or had revelations about on this journey to my Triple Crown. I'm always trying to hike the hardest, best, fastest, and biggest miles. And don't get me wrong, I'm still pretty ultra-lit, not to be confused with ultra-light. You know, I love to party, smell the roses, but I have the lust to, cr- the lust to crush, like, big days, and I cringe over the thought of being passed. Ever. On the Appalachian Trail, the lust meant that I ended up finishing essentially alone, um... My trail fam was days, some of them even weeks behind me. It was pretty unfulfilling. On the PCT, I knew better. 
I wanted to finish with those who meant something to me, but I was super lucky because my hiking partner DK was a mile crusher like me. We slayed miles together all the way to the finish line. This year on the CDT has been a struggle for me. I met my trail family at the tail end of Colorado when the snow was mild and the alternates had merged back to the official CDT. I started seeing people again. My trail family and I, we bonded over both hard days and amazing ones. But something happened and they slowed down. And the agony of lust for the big days, the mile crushing, and watching those who were behind me catch up and pass hit me. And it's been a mental struggle. For most, taking a zero day is easier than hiking a 45 mile day. But that's not the case for me. I feel idle and stagnant, but I keep in mind how I felt when I made it to Katahdin, and I know that that's not how I want to finish my Triple Crown. It's about the, it's about this long five-year journey. It's not about getting to the finish line as fast as I can. It's about the bonds and friendships that I've made on and off trail, the people who have come into my life and given me all this happiness. Sure, I'm still Dosu Kanuta, the Grim Reaper of Miles, but more importantly, I'm a friend, a brother, a lover, a onesie-wearing, hot-dog-shirt-owning goofball who loves meeting new people because this community is what's important to me at my core. So here I am on week 17, less than 300 miles away from Canada, taking a double zero because it's not just about the miles. everyone, this is Sarah Duma, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? And we are chatting about revelations, revelations along the trail. So uh, hiking 12 hours a day or so gives you a lot of time to think. And um, Sometimes what I like to do is I like to process old and painful memories that I have locked away because um, when I'm in the real world, I can find it very difficult to really have the time to uh, unpack those feelings and emotions and uh, truly examine uh, what they mean to me and uh, how I can move forward for them. And it, of course, it's a very uncomfortable feeling uh, to stir up some some kind of sad emotions like grief. Uh, a few years ago, one of my best friends, Peter, passed away suddenly. And one day on trail, I spent an entire hiking day just just thinking about um, some cherished memories we had together. And, you know, advice that he'd given me over the years and what our friendship was built on. And, you know, I, I was walking sometimes with tears in my eyes and uh, each beautiful vista I came upon, I silently dedicated to him. And, you know, it's not a revelation, but it, it was, it was a, a time of, of healing definitely for me. Um, and so the, the trail is invaluable for experiences like that. Um, on the, the continental divide trail, uh, honestly, I don't think I've had any 
big aha moment revelations. I know that isn't really the expected response you you get from people uh, because of like um because you know they, they you the the way a through hike is supposed to go is somebody's feeling lost in life they go on a through hike at some point in the hike um, everything falls into place they know exactly what they want to do with the rest of their life they know exactly what what kind of person they want to be or work into becoming but you know, it, that doesn't happen for everyone. And it's not a failure. I hope other people um, don't see it as a failure that th- through hiking doesn't necessarily change your life. It, do- it does certainly for some people. And that is great. That is amazing. But for, for many other people, I don't know if it's the minority or not, through hiking is just an extension of, of what your life is. It's not a life-defining, life-changing moment. Uh, I feel like I already know myself really well because, you know, I've, I've traveled in so many different countries and... Uh, like I probably, probably like the biggest life changing moment for me is when I took my first international trip alone and I went to Egypt by myself when I was in my early twenties and I traveled on public transportation and it was very difficult. It was very hard and it was very stressful. And like that for me was a life changing moment because it was the first time that I had been truly outside of my comfort zone on the CDT. I, it's different because I feel like I am in with within my comfort zone. I love being in the wilderness. I love uh, the flow of being a hiker of like complete a section, get into town, get a beer, complete a section, get into town, get a beer. Uh, that is just uh, <laughs> that has become my life. Uh, yeah, I am living the dream. <laughs> and I, I know I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed to you. I'm, I'm so <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, I just love it out here. So um, I, I just want to reinforce, though, um, if you're planning a through hike and you want to have some big revelations, like don't don't try and force them and don't be disappointed if they don't come because they may not come. But that doesn't matter because you're going to get so many other things out of it. Um, you you may not want to like (laughs) it may not be like upturning uh like a monopoly game and like your life is gonna be like flash something totally different but it might just be some subtle positive changes that uh go into your life and shape your future in a small way and that's that's super great too it's not a failure so um So the journey does play some role into how you are as a person, but uh, big revelations for me, uh, not so much yet. But hey, there's a lot of hike left. Who knows? I might get a big revelation. If I do, I'll let you guys know, (laughs) but don't hold your breath. Anyhow, this is Sarah Duma. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, and it's day number 106, and I'm in Anaconda, Montana. So say we all live long and prosper. Bye.
Thank you for a thoughtful sign-off, Nancy, hot buns, and no worries. We are immensely grateful for the wisdom and energy you brought to our 2019 Trail Correspondence season. If you enjoy the show, please do us a solid by leaving a review for Trail Correspondence on iTunes. This goes a long ways to getting the word out about the show. Also, don't forget to subscribe to ensure you don't miss future episodes. Today's show was edited by our guy, Polly Boy Shawcross, who is also the genius behind these badass beats. You can keep up with the show on Instagram at Trail Correspondence, on Twitter at ThruHikerPod, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Trail Correspondence. You can also get a hold of us via email at podcast at thetrek.co. You can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at ZR Davis. Signing off for now. Happy hiking.